The best rugby insight and analysis. I mean, what do you say before a World Cup final? <laughs> you don't know, what do you say? Oh, lads, it's a big game. We better win this one. Oh, okay, yeah. No, yeah. Not, not thought of it, yeah. <laughs> what do you say? Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Hurling on Off the Ball with Board Gosh Energy, proud sponsors of the Senior Hurling Championship. And this is Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk with John Duggan, an extended show until 8 o'clock this evening. We're showcasing live commentary later from the Viva Stadium of Leinster versus La Rochelle and the Heineken Champions Cup final kickoff at 4.45. Right now, though, we're going to look ahead uh, to tomorrow's Munster Senior Hurling Championship games involving Clare and Cork and Tipperary and Limerick. And this evening's match involving Kilkenny and Dublin and Leinster, plus two games tomorrow, Galway Antrim and Wexford West Mees. Just before we do that, remember, folks, Braeburn Coffee, the official coffee partner of OTB, Start your morning with a Braeburn coffee where you prefer a classic cappuccino or an iced oat milk latte. Braeburn has got something for everyone available at Apple Green locations nationwide. We're joined on the line now by the former Offaly hurler and the current Jay Ryder with the Irish independent Michael Verney. Michael, how are you? John, how are you? Let's start with your boys, Michael. Offaly, the faithful revival is real. Leinster under 20 champions and an All-Ireland final against Cork. Yeah, I was down in uh, in Dr. Cullen Park the other night. It was uh, just a fantastic occasion to be a part of. And I suppose when you haven't maybe experienced anything like that outside of the minors last year, we haven't had it for a long time. We've been absolutely starved of it. The thirst there is massive. Um, there was probably even a few people disappointed that the attendance was capped because there probably would have been more awfully buses and more awfully people there. But um yeah, that sort of a team uh, and that sort of a night uh, makes you dream again. It was it was fantastic. And obviously, the carrot now of with Galway being in Leinster and the fact that we've beaten Galway already, there's no semi-finals. It's straight through to an All-Ireland final. Um, and we're underdogs going into that game. But just even as a part of this team's development, it's massive to get that extra game, to get more exposure. And uh, yeah, who knows what could happen in the final. But yeah, good times at the moment. Joe McDonough Cup final next weekend. All-Ireland under, under 20 final the weekend after. Um, as I said, when you've been starved of it, uh, we've plenty to get our teeth stuck into now at the moment. What has been done in the county then? We know Michael Dygan and his chairperson and very obviously very high profile name. Shane Larry's getting behind the county as well. What has been done to make a tangible difference? Uh, there's just probably an attitude change, John, I would say. And there's, you know, people can see... Uh, you know, I I always say about the Shane Lowry thing, you know, he's ma- obviously making a massive contribution, but what you get on the back of that, the spin-off you get on the back of that, businesses, uh, business people, awfully expats wanting to get involved, there's just a hell of a lot of goodwill in the county and there's just a really good vibe around the county. Previously, um, there, would, there wouldn't have been a great vibe around the county only four or five years ago, I would say. But if you have the right people uh, in the right positions, the wheel can turn pretty quickly. Uh, you see that in Clare as well. A couple of years ago, uh, their minors were beaten by 40 points uh, in a minor final. Two years later, they're winning a minor and they're beating in a, a Munster under 20 final in an epic by Cork. The wheel can turn pretty quickly when you have the right people steering the ship. And uh, we definitely have the right people steering the ship at the moment. Other counties, pay heed. Adam Screeny, this lad. <laughs> Are we going to be hearing about this lad in the next few years at senior level? I think we are, yeah. Um, everyone would probably point to his size straight away because he's, you know, to say he's diminutive would probably be uh, an overstatement. He, like he's he's tiny, but like Jodine wasn't exactly the biggest player at inter county level, and I would definitely see comparisons between the two of them, and I'd be very wary of blowing him up too much. But he, unfortunately, his performances mean that you can do nothing but blow him up. Like the other night, 
he missed the semi-final uh, against Dublin with a concussion. He probably hadn't done much hurling in about you know two and a half weeks. And some of the scores, John, the goal was obviously brilliant. Uh, but the two points in the first half, say he was about nine yards out from the from the end line for one of them, and maybe ten for the other one. One off either side. Um, yeah, just a brilliant player. As I said, there's a bit of a Joe Dean style to an, an impish kind of player with a lovely drop of the shoulder and a lovely burst of pace as well and a killer instinct in front of goals. Like, Cormac Egan was going through for that goal the other night and there was a better option on his right-hand side, a much better option. But Screeny was on his left, the angle was tighter, but he knew to get it to him and he knew that he'd take care of business and he did. And just to win it with 14 men as well, John, there's probably a lot of obstacles they had to overcome the other night uh, and they overcome all, overcame all of them. And the most heartening thing about this team is as skillful as they are, they will work like dogs all over the pitch and you just cannot buy that. Um, and there were only six of last year's minors involved starting the other night. That means, you know, there's another 9, 10, 11 guys to come in over the next couple of years, which is uh, hugely heartening. A smaller county will hang their hat on a team like that. So we'll do everything we can to get as many of those lads through to senior level. Um, Screeny definitely been one of them in particular. Uh, tonight it's Kilkenny against Dublin in the Leinster Championship. A new regime on north side without Brian Cody. How would you compare that team last season that reached the All-Ireland final to what Derek Ling is managing at the moment based on what you've seen so far in the round robin? Yeah, I haven't t- seen too much of a difference, John, to be honest with you. Obviously, there da- were down a couple of personnel. Connor Brown obviously played the All-Ireland final last year. He's not around. Mikey Carey hadn't been around, but he's back involved in the fold and we're probably going to see him over the, over the coming weeks as well. It's kind of difficult to get a read on them, John. If you look at every team in Munster, like, it's so easy to get a read on every team because... They have to go out and throw everything at every game. You basically, you know, your eyes won't, won't tell a lie. With, with Kilkenny, you know, outside of that Galway game, have we learned much about them yet? They probably, the real tests probably will come in time. I suppose that probably leads into another conversation of Kilkenny and Galway, kind of, they'll go hell for leather when they're playing against each other, but they can probably have the handbrake off somewhat against some of the other teams. Whereas you look at the teams in Munster, they're literally killing each other to get points. And then maybe, like Clare did last year, they come in a bit a bit kind of punch drunk into the All-Ireland stages and Kilkenny take advantage. And Galway nearly took advantage of Limerick being in that same boat last year in the All-Ireland semi-final too. So uh, there's definitely a bit of an imbalance, you'd have to say, between the two provinces. But as regards Kilkenny, very hard to get too much of a read on them at the moment. I wouldn't say too many things have changed from the Cody regime. Ling played under him, you know, his entire career. He coached alongside him as well. A lot of those same kind of values are going to be carried through with a few probably modern tweaks, uh, trying maybe more shorter puckouts, trying to go through the lines a bit more. But kind of difficult to get, you know, a realistic read on where uh, where they are at at this moment in time. Dublin beat Wexford. They did the big thing they needed to do in the round robin. So they've a bit of a free shot at this in a way. They do. Uh, they beat Wexford last year and didn't get out of the group as well. So that would definitely be a worry, maybe, that Wexford, can, if they're able to take care of Westmead tomorrow down in Wexford Park, that they potentially could go to, or they could welcome uh, Kilkenny to Wexford Park again the next day and potentially get points on the board there and, you know, topple Dublin. But Dublin probably do have a bit of a free shot. This is a, um, It's kind of mad when you think about it, though, John. Dublin beat them in 2013 and the championship went on to win Leinster. They hadn't beaten them um since 1942 before then and they haven't beaten them since in the seven championship games that they've played since so like in Leinster this weekend like I kind of did a piece for the match program uh, at the weekend and you're kind of thinking like it nearly it's probably less of a miracle if Dublin beat Kilkenny but if you're looking at the other two games Antrim and Galway 
Like it would take a minor miracle probably for Antrim to get a result there. And same with, with Westmead and Wexford, even though Westmead did draw with Wexford last year. So like you're looking at a very lopsided Leinster Championship and then on the flip side in Munster, like there's no miracles or anything needed there for anybody to win a game really, maybe outside of maybe Watford at the moment who were who were really, really struggling. But um Dublin got the result they wanted against against Wexford and I'm sure they're gonna be trying to build on it and bring the cats at least down the home straight this evening. I love to be flying the wall in Limerick the last three weeks, Michael. Uh they're at the pin of their collar to a degree, because they know if Cork beat Clare tomorrow and if they fail to be Tipperary they're out of the championship they have to be Tipperary they have to be Cork in the next couple of games look the last three years they've done it they've responded to every single challenge that's been presented to them winning three in a row what do you think the tactics and psychology have been the last few weeks with uh, John Kiley and Paul Connerk you're speaking of flies on the wall there I think there's a lot of people think that they're flies on the wall because there's a lot of wild rumours flying around midweek and obviously I think it's no always been a Limerick thing hasn't it always yeah. a Limerick uh, county for that kind of stuff yeah, and I was even chatting Mark Foley during the week, and he said even during his career, it, w- it was the same thing. There were always bits and pieces. And I was chatting to Kieran Carey, and he said the same as well. There was always bits and pieces of rumours flying around. I suppose when you're champions, there's always a likelihood for there to be even more rumours. Obviously, there seems to be very little, if any, truth to any of the rumours flying around, particularly with Gerard Hegarty, who starts tomorrow. And like I'd be very surprised if he doesn't deliver a huge, uh, huge display and answer any critics that he has tomorrow but as regards from a Limerick point of view you know we're probably all maybe guilty of overreacting a small bit you know when they were beaten in 2019 by Kilkenny a shock defeat they were beaten by one point when they were beaten by Clare three weeks ago again that was one point um they've three weeks to kind of you know right some wrongs maybe and I suppose the big thing is like when when Clare put them under pressure they really went man for man they took a lot of chances they really really went Pressed up high in the poke out, didn't give Nicky Quaid the options that he would usually have, didn't give him the grass that he would usually like to put the poke out into. Uh, and it's going to be fascinating to see if Tip do something similar. Tip have really caused Limerick trouble over the last four or five seasons, but just not for a sustained period, not for more than 40, 45 minutes. Remember, they were up by nine points, I think it was, or 10 points in a Munster final yeah. only a couple of years 20, ago. 2021, yeah. Blitz Limerick off the pitch and Limerick's disability to just flick a switch and solve a problem mid-game. Um, they've had an uncanny ability to do that in recent years. Now they've probably struggled to do it in their two games so far, but you know to write to write them off going into the weekend would be would be very very uh, foolish, I would think. And I'm expecting a massive massive reaction. And I'm expe- even without Sean Finn, who's obviously out with the Crusade now that he picked up in the Clare game. You, you just feel there's there's something brewing. You feel there's a big performance coming. As you said there, when they've been pushed to the pin of their collar, they've generally always reacted and reacted in fairly spectacular fashion. And that's what tees up tomorrow's game beautifully, I think. Clare, 11 points. Kilkenny, 10 in the minor hurling semi-final at the moment down in Thurlis. That's half-time. Brian and Bumo was equalised for Brentford against Spurs 1-1 in the Premier League 51 minutes on the watch Tipperary then Michael have scored 7 goals in 2 games and conceded 7 so where's the focus tomorrow attacker defence yeah that's what I was saying about kind of risk or reward uh, it's one thing going gung-ho for it and you know they got the goals obviously against Clare a couple of them uh, mistakes albeit uh, but like you really need to mind your house first and foremost, don't you? That's why they have a tricky kind of a balancing act uh, to get right tomorrow. Uh, they don't want to leave themselves too open at the back, but they want to take chances up front. And getting the balance between that is really, really tricky. If Limerick break, if Limerick break the line, you know, and are able to bag two or three goals against Tip tomorrow, 
they won't they won't be beaten. So finding that balancing act for Liam Cattle is going to be really, really difficult. They have a new keeper in, Reece Shelley's in goals, Owen Connolly's in in defence. Bonner Matter gets a, another start up front, his first championship start of this year. So um it's the the the, the other the, the flip side of tip is it's not a free shot or anything like that tomorrow, far from it. But they do have the caveat of probably playing Waterford next week that they will be expected to win that game. They will be expected to get five points on the board. But when you think of all the misery that Limerick have inflicted on tape in the last six years, beat them in 18, beat them in the Munster final in 19, beat them comprehensively in 20, beat them comprehensively in 21, beat them by five or six last year again. This is literally a chance for Tip to right all of those wrongs in one fell swoop and knock the four in a row chasing All-Ireland champions, the five in a row chasing Munster champions out of the championship. Um, and like if you were a tip player, you'd surely be smelling a bit of blood. You'd surely be smelling the opportunity to just get rid of, you know, to get rid of that big Limerick juggernaut, get them out of the equation at this stage. And I'm sure they'll throw everything at it and they'll do everything they possibly can to do that. And even, it's fascinating, John, tomorrow, and we haven't spoken about the game yet, but with, with, uh, with Cork and Clare, you know, if Cork win, you know, that ramps up the pressure even further yeah, on beforehand because it's two yeah. o'clock, yeah. So, like, the dynamic of, like, they're going to want to know the results, but, like, you can't be focusing on it too much beforehand as well. If Cork do win, that ramps up the pressure. That means Limerick definitely have to win. Definitely have to win. I don't know, it's a home venue for tape. If Cork do win that game, like, you'd be expecting that result to be blared out over the tannoy a couple of times just to, just to ramp up the pressure a bit more, particularly because it's on home soil and tape. I'd imagine it's like that time... Uh, Munster played in the, the Heineken Cup final and there was pictures of the Munster support in Limerick yeah, showing yeah. up on the big screen. You'd use any little edge you can get. Um, so it'd be fascinating to see, like, like, is there just one person within the Limerick setup that just knows of the result down in Cusick Park and just says it to John Kiley? Are there lads checking their phones in the toilet 15 minutes before they go out? Do you know what I mean? I just think it adds a fascinating dynamic <laughs> to it. You know, they, they know, they know. They, they know uh, they're well more aware of the situation and the equation before they before they you know throw in for their game. It does make it a bit more interesting again. But if anything, it heaps the pressure even more on Limerick, particularly if Cork get a result. I'm just thinking of a comedy value here, and obviously this wouldn't happen now, but uh, imagine the Tannoy saying, uh, Cork have won, and if Tipperary win, Limerick are out of the championship. <laughs> there you go. Imagine the place that absolutely erupt. <laughs> And it's going to be full as well. Great to see uh, Munster hurling with a with a full stadium in a in a game. There's a lot of jeopardy on it. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, um, like the, I think the tickets were you know a lot of the terrace and the stand tickets were sold out. You know immediately after Tipperary's game at Cork a couple of weeks ago. There's a good buzz around Tip. There's a good buzz around what Liam Catlin is doing uh, in Tip at the moment. And as I said to you, I think they'll be smelling blood, and I think they'll leave no stone unturned to do whatever they can to get a result. Ultimately, will they be able to get a result? Like 75% of me just thinks that Lim- we'll see the same old Limerick tomorrow. There's that maybe 20, 25% where you're thinking maybe they are that veteran boxer leaning back on the ropes. Maybe they are under a bit of pressure. Maybe, you know, they just need some team just needs to come along and push them over, basically. But that's a, you know, that's a much bigger task than than just what I'm after saying there. It's going to be so difficult and Limerick are going to be hurting. And realistically, they hadn't lost a championship game since Kilkenny beat them in 19. Look how they reacted to that that one defeat, that one-point defeat. They were unbeaten in 17 games thereafter. So they know how to react to a defeat, much like the Dublin footballers did against Donegal in 14. and went on that six-in-a-row run after. 
Limerick will have learned plenty of lessons and I'd be expecting to see a few little different tactical kind of setups from what, tomorrow. What, what, what are you looking to see? Because obviously Jason Ford is out for tip as well, uh, the free taker. So what are you looking to see specifically from Limerick tactically? Well, if Tipper are going to push up on Limerick, which you'd imagine they would, um, that means Limerick have to go with something a little different. They're not going to be able to get puck outs into space. They're not going to be able to, you know, Nicky Quaid's not going to be able to land a puck out in it for Garod Hegarty to uh, just run on to. Maybe... Maybe we see Grod Hegarty going into the edge of the square at some stage. You know, maybe we see something a little different there. Maybe they like there was lots of space in front of Limerick full forward line against Clare. They didn't play them. Maybe we see Hegarty going into the edge of the square with Galan at some stage. Maybe just something. Maybe we see Kyle Hayes back at eleven, rampaging and just causing um, causing temporary problems. Maybe that they wouldn't have been expecting. Just on that as well, when when Tip played Limerick in twenty twenty, Hayes had played wing back. Uh, he played wing back in their previous game in their quarterfinal clash. All of a sudden, he was up centre forward, and you know Tip didn't know what to do. So maybe that could be something. Throw a little bit of a spanner in the works. Now the only thing is with Sean Finn being out, the likelihood of Hayes going an attack has probably been decreased a fair bit because they maybe don't have the same defensive options. But it would be expecting to see something different. Uh, as a Clare fan, with my late dad being from Clare, uh, I was at the Munster final last year. One of the best games I've seen in the last uh, twenty, thirty years. Uh, but Clare were shot after it. They were gone. Um, have they been able to, is it the case that you can pace yourself a bit better this year in the round robin? Um, because the, once again, they kind of have to beat Cork and hope that Limerick lose if they don't. So, Ennis, uh, Cork and Clare, I, I find that they drew in the league. I find it very hard to analyse this in terms of who has the edge in it. Yeah, last year, um, Clare had a, tough running in Munster. They had Limerick, I think, is their last game. They drew with them in Ennis. Then they had them in the Munster final again and they went to extra time. Like, I can't imagine the energy expended, uh, both physical and emotional, going into that. They probably, the fact that they played Limerick, had a couple of weeks, then had a, what I would call really a tune-up against Waterford, a game that they never really looked like losing and they were in kind of cruise control in the second half. They don't have a bruising game maybe going into this Cork game. I expect them to hit the ground running big time. Um, outside of Tip, who've had really good results in Cusack Park, it's generally been a fortress for Clare. Aidan McCarthy's probably touch and go with a quad injury. Um, small doubts about Dave McInerney, but I think he's going to play. So they have a pretty much a clean bill of health going into this game. And I just I, I like a lot of what I've seen of, of Clare so far this year. I think they did what they had to do against Waterford the last day. Um, if they produce what they did in the first half, they'll be in trouble against Cork, but I'd be expecting more of what I saw against Limerick uh, that evening in the Gaelic grounds. And they just have so many attacking, attacking options and different different types of forwards that can hurt you in different ways. They have a big, you know, a big ball at the edge of the square in Peter Duggan. They have the silk of Tony Kelly. Aidan McCarthy's a different type of option as well. Ian Galvin is all pace. David Reedy, I think, is back this weekend, is all pace as well. Uh, Shane O'Donnell is, is, is kind of a mixture of two or three of those lads nearly all thrown into one so they can hurt you in several several different ways um, probably just about expecting Clare to get over the line in that one probably by a score I'd say um, and if they do they'll be in a Munster final again and John Conlon is so crucial I mean Tony Caddy's the best hurler in, in the county ever probably but John Conlon is the fulcrum Oh yeah, big time. And um, you know, we saw what his absence led to in last year's All Ireland semi final against Kilkenny. They were at sixes and sevens at the back, and it's amazing to think of a player, you know, who predominantly played all of his all of his hurling at wing forward. You think he won an All Star wing forward in thirteen, um, and then he went uh, he went into the full forward line. He won. Sorry, he didn't get an All Star in thirteen. I don't think he won an All Star fourteen and eighteen, and. Uh, 
then he goes back centre back and and amazingly, like he actually said in a recent interview, he did his cruciate and it has helped him to basically uh, prolong his career an awful lot more. He said he had all sorts of n- nagging kind of injuries going into that. He went and did a strength and conditioning program and a personal training program while he was recovering from the cruciate to make sure that he'd get back in as best of shape as possible. And like he's in the form of his career at the moment. As you say, he's the fulcrum of their defence. He holds everything together. And crucially for the forwards as well, Conlon is a defender with a forward's mindset in that the ball he gives into a forward is so sympathetic to a forward. He, it's always out to the side of them. It's always a, a ball that a forward wants. And uh, yeah, he's crucial for them at the weekend. His battle with could be Conor Cahalan, could be Luke Mead, could even be Conor Lahan in around him as well. And how he fares at the weekend will go a long way to Clare getting a result. Brian and Bumo has scored again for Brentford 2-1. They lead Spurs now in the Premier League 61 minutes on the watch. With Cork, um, I've always kind of felt, what is the Cork identity? What's the 15 here? And you're looking at the last game when they showed all that spirit to come back again and draw against Tipperary. You had, what, Brian Hayes, Shane Kingston, Luke Mee coming off the bench. Do we still know, does Pat Ryan now know his best 15? Oh, I, I don't think so, being honest with you. Um, like You look at it, Luke Mead, Luke Mead is in, Conor Callan is in, Shane Kingston is named on the bench. It's amazing. Kingston's a really interesting one in the sense of when he started, he's probably been a lot quieter than when he comes in off the bench. He just seems to be able to uh, cause wreck. I don't know if that's because defenders are tired and he's coming in. He's one of the fastest probably forwards in the game. Um, like Owen Downey started fullback uh, the last day. He's out at the weekend. Um, like I, I don't, apart from Kieran Joyce at six, uh, and probably Patrick Horgan at 14, and Patrick Collins in the goals. It's probably difficult enough. To, there's a lot of movable pieces there, um, and I think they have a squad, probably 21 or 22 players, at a very, very similar level, but the pieces are kind of interchangeable, and if you look at their formation for the weekend, there's probably two or three out, two or three in. I think, crucially for them, they still need to have that bounce from the bench, and they still have... Uh, well, the way the team is named and he would still have Kingston and a few more to come in off the bench and they'll need that they'll need a massive massive bounce off the bench to go over Clare and Ennis So I feel from hearing you briefly you're going for Limerick and Clare tomorrow Yeah I don't think there'd be much between uh, much in the two games but uh, Limerick to get back on yeah. the horse and Clare to get back on Clare to book their Munster final place And wins for Galway Wexford and Kilkenny realistically anything anything outside of that would be a massive massive shock and if you've got 30 seconds Michael can you sum up Waterford season oh I think you might need more than 30, <laughs> 30 seconds minutes. but yeah um, it's just seriously disappointing like anytime your Munster campaign is over with a game to spare it's very very worrying you look at it John they've played 17 games across minor under 20 and senior in both football and hurling and they've lost all of them 17 championship games that's seriously worrying when you have you know, legends in the county like Ken McGrath, Owen Kelly and John Milan kind of voicing their opinion about how worried they are about the future of Waterford. Um, that's not a good sign. And to me, I think, and I know Davey was very vocal in the aftermath of the Clare game. He's talking about the project. I think next weekend will tell a hell of a lot about whether that project is going to go into 2024 okay. and 2025. Michael Verney, thanks so much. Enjoy the matches. Cheers, John. Have a good one. Michael Verney there from the Irish Independent, casting his eye over the Hurling action. I'm going to chat to you again from the Aviva Stadium at 3.30 as we start the build-up to the Heineken Champions Cup final between Leinster and La Rochelle. Remember, we've live commentary. We're on air until 8 o'clock. But for now, stay tuned to Football Saturday coming up with Kathleen McNamee, Dan McDonnell and Damien Delaney. Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk is back after the news.